0: Welcome once again, faithful listeners, to The Trigger Warning. Here on Queer Pressure Podcast, we like to make sure that our audience knows when any potentially triggering content is on the horizon, so that everyone can have a good time with informed consent. This week's episode contains mentions of addiction, overdose, mental health diagnoses, sexual assault, self-harm, and eating disorders. If any of those topics are just a bit too heavy for you this week, no problem. We'll catch you on the next one. As for the rest of you, thank you for joining us for our episode on Demi Lovato.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Maddie Gray, and I am Katherine Johnson. Fuck, that was so stupid. I apologize. Here I go. I'm Katherine Johnson, and you're listening to Queer Pressure Podcast, a critical exploration of queerness in media as an act of radical self-love. We're so
0: glad you've decided to join us.
1: Boy, did I embarrass myself there. You sure
0: did. What the hell happened to you? Did your brain just break?
1: Here's something interesting. Yeah, what's that? Did you know the lifespan of most lizard species varies from 1 to 20 years, but it can be up to 50 years for some species? You know, I didn't know that, but I know that you're a lizard,
0: so I'm not surprised that you know it. What's up, dude? In my life? Yeah. Oh, God, so many things. Would you like me to talk about the move? Would you like me to talk about the vaccine? The vaccine, obviously. My whole body hurt. Uh, my eye is bloodshot, and I wake up in the middle of the night with shooting pains. Sounds welcome, about right. Welcome to the Pfizer gang. How was is, how is your second dose? Because
1: mine has been kind of, like, rough. Mine was horrible. I was very sick for, like, four or five days. Yikes. Okay. What are we doing? What are we doing this week? Um. Yeah, here's something interesting. Yeah. Reaching three meters, 10 feet in length, and more than 135 kilograms, 300 pounds, Komodo dragons are the largest lizards on earth. Catherine, this is not a lizard episode. No, it's a Demi Lovato episode. <laughs> then why do you keep bringing up lizards? So, what's interesting about this episode is it's going to be one hour of us discussing the Demi Lovato frozen yogurt controversy. Just that? I feel like we have so much more to say. No, I don't think so, okay, Let's get started then, um, welcome to queer pressure podcast a Froyo episode Froyo episode. It's a complicated topic. this frozen yogurt controversy. I mean, it actually kind of is, yeah, <laughs> anyways, who is Demi Lovato? And why are we talking
0: <laughs> about her today? So Demi Lovato is an American singer, songwriter, and actress. She first appeared on Barney and Friends from 2002 to 2004, then rose to prominence for her role on Camp Rock and Camp Rock 2. Did you watch Camp Rock? I never did. So um, honestly, I didn't like, okay, so I know who Demi Lovato is. I knew who Demi Lovato was before... I started really doing the in-depth research because she shows up on a lot of my playlists.
1: Okay, Madison, um, <laughs> I'm stopping you right there. Why? No one in the world thinks you didn't know who Demi Lovato was. Before. No, but literally, <laughs> um, I didn't know what her face looked like. How? I didn't know who,
0: like, uh, because, Aww. like, I didn't. That was not my era of
1: din- Disney Channel. So she's been <laughs> super famous since the Disney Channel. Yeah, That's I was just vaguely ago. aware
0: of some of her music. So. She was like, she's
1: like the only celebrity I follow on Instagram. Yeah, not me. I don't get it. I don't either. Cause she's actually a very cool person. So I'm like kind of sad that I. She wasn't on my radar. I, she was my first like celebrity crush that I let myself have once. I was like, I'm gay now. Who am I going to have a crush on? And I chose Demi Lovato. Good choice. She wasn't my era of Disney Channel either. I was a hipster by then.
0: Yeah, me too. So actually, I remember one of our mutual friends in high school telling me like, have you heard of this Demi Lovato person? This was back in like 2011. So this was when she was like doing uh, Sunny with a Chance, right? And this friend asked me do you know who this Demi Lovato person is she's actually very very talented and I was like I'm too cool for a Disney channel um yeah. I've moved on to Glee so
1: yeah Glee and was then the she shit. showed up on
0: Glee but yeah, I had already did. given up on
1: Glee by that point so me and my my best friend before you we made a parody video of okay this is a deep cut Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez back in the Sunny with a Chance Wizards of Waverly Place days made a vlog and put it on YouTube where they were just being cringy teenagers. It was fine. But then Miley Cyrus and her weird older best friend made a parody of it where they were making fun of it. So then me and my best friend made a video making fun of all four of them. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, but we were definitely too cool for school, for high school musical era Disney Channel. But I, I mean I was very aware of all of them because uh Miley, Selena, and Demi were the the Brittany, Christina. Oh my god. What? What's her name? Christina Aguilera? No, the third, the uh Tuna, Chicken of the Sea. Oh, <laughs> Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Jessica Simpson. I wanted to say Jennifer so bad. And I was like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> she's just pro- stopped and went, Oh my god, Tuna. <laughs> the that group of our age but i was already being too cool pretentious i had seen probably a wes anderson movie by then oh yeah yeah so why are we doing demi lovato this week catherine well we barely even got through who she was look at this i know right but like why why would we do this Okay, who well, is this person in relation to queerness? She's gay, But here's I'm where not. I take issue because you texted me not long ago and said, Demi Lovato just came out, and that's not true because I even said, I'm pretty sure she came out like five years ago. You were right. I was right, but I do re- but I did notice on the internet everyone acting like she had just come out because she mentioned being queer in her documentary, and as I'm doing the research, she's been talking about being gay for like ten years i and, know and just it's so weird that nobody picked up on it they just kind of like brushed it aside they were like sure whatever yeah you're young and stupid and then like it wasn't just
0: her documentary that like swept the internet with this revelation um she also went on joe rogan's podcast which Ugh. a lot of men listen to and yeah. suddenly they suddenly cared about this Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's been talking about this for at least five years.
1: Yeah, the heteronormativity that just no one cared. Because she was in a pretty public thing with that Lauren Aberdini, something like that, Um, who's... A DJ. And if I just tried to Google, like, hey, what's her dating history? Just to see who these, like, you know, rumored girls she probably was with at some point. And nothing mentions any women, any of the articles from before she came out, which is just, well, and she'd already come out. <laughs> And she had like what? pretty public things with girls, like holding hands and all. That. And I'm like, it's so, it's so funny, how uh, heteronormative everything is.
0: So heteronormative that like her identity is not valid until like the men have decided it's valid.
1: Oh, that's funny. Is it funny or is it sad or is it both? I don't know. I, I got, I, got a vaccine. I don't have feelings anymore. Same. Yeah, totally gone. But you know what's interesting. What's interesting? That coloration is remarkably varied in lizards. Uh, Many species display perfect cryptic coloration that makes them invisible in their natural habitats. Catherine. While others are vividly colored in shades of emerald and turquoise blues, reds, and yellows. That's so interesting. Interesting. So did you know that Demi Lovato got an award at the MTV Video Music
0: Awards and one at the Alma Awards and five at the People's Choice Awards and a Billboard Women in Music Award and a Guinness World Record and 14 Teen Choice Awards and two Grammy noms and four Billboard Music Award noms and three Brit Award noms? No, I didn't. Well, now you do. See, I can come in with
1: fun facts that aren't about lizards why would you though that's a great question i don't know why i bothered uh you skipped over this year which is my favorite fact about her is that she was a judge on the x factor <laughs> Oh, yeah, for seasons two and three. I started rewatching some of that today, and it creeped me out more than it did back in the day. Oh, God, why? Because they were trying to play up this, like, snarky father-daughter vibe between Simon Cowell and Demi Lovato. And now it just comes off as, like, a very old man flirting with a much younger woman and, like, negging her.
0: Yeah, there was, I'm trying to remember which host which, like, late-night talk show host it was. But they were both on a show, a late-night talk Conan. show. It was Conan. Yeah. And, like, basically, Simon Cowell was like, you're just annoying.
1: And she was like, well, you're kind of an asshole. And he was like, yeah, but I'm used to it. And she's like, so am I. I was like, what? <laughs> and then Conan, at one point in the... Interview was like, do you just want, do you want us to leave? Like, employing, implying did they want to be alone, which is just a gross joke.
0: It's really gross, especially considering her history with older
1: men. Yeah. Eek. But uh, anyways, why we're, why we're doing Demi Lovato now is she is queer and she is here. And people have decided that she came out recently, even though she didn't. <laughs> and we've got to... Just, we're going to spend an hour talking about this frozen yogurt controversy. Okay, we'll get to the frozen yogurt controversy, I promise. I'm just saying that's what's happening now. Oh, okay. It's what the people want to hear. Do
0: you like her now? I do. Um. So I listened to a lot of interviews with her. I listened to multiple podcasts, including the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know why I bothered with that one. It was not any better than anything else
1: in the world. Oh, we hate Joe Rogan on this podcast. L- yeah, let's, we do. Let's make a oh, yeah. <laughs> moment The to only say,
0: reason I listened to the episode was for Demi Lovato. Yeah,
1: we don't like Joe Rogan. He told everyone not to get vaccinated last week on his podcast. We don't stand Joe. Um.
0: So, yeah, I really do like Demi Lovato now. Like, I'm kind of bummed that she went under my radar for so long, even though she's, like, mega famous, and I just apparently missed it. Like, I knew... Of her name, for sure, obviously. I knew of her music, for sure, obviously. But, like, who she was and what she stood for went right over my head. I knew she was a Disney Channel kid. I knew she wrote music, but, like, until I started researching for her for this podcast... I didn't know like what a mental health advocate she was, or like an advocate for people recovering from eating disorders and like sexual assault, and like
1: she's a great person. Well, we can say that, but there it's she is a double edged sword. <laughs> That's true. I mean, okay. Also, a lot of problematic moments with Demi Lovato because she has an issue with she has she has to comment on everything, and she also punched danced. her backup dancer one time.
0: That is also true. Yeah actually let's talk a little bit about her history yeah let's
1: go back in time
0: Demi Lovato was a child star she was uh submitted into child pageants when she was very young and that's where she learned that she loved to sing and that she was born to perform it's also where Um, she learned that the world is horrible and oh that's for sure and then she got her first break on Barney and Friends in 2002 After that, she started auditioning for the Disney Channel, and she was in As the Bell Rings in 2007 to 2008, Camp Rock. What is As the Bell Rings? I don't know. It was not a show that I watched. Great. It was after my time. And then she was in Princess Protection Program with Selena Gomez in 2009. She was in Camp Rock 2 in 2010, and then she was the main character in Sunny with a Chance in
1: 2009 to 2011. All right, here's a here's here's a confession. I was a, What's your confession? I was super anti Disney as a young person. I hated the Disney Channel. I made a bunch of vlogs about hating the Disney Channel. And <laughs> but
0: I, that sounds like you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I had like a video with like 30,000 views where I was talking shit about Hannah Montana and I was dropping <laughs> truth bombs like the fact that her the kid who played her older brother was, like, in his 30s, even though he was playing mm-hmm. a 17-year-old. I was just dropping these truth yep. bombs left and right. But then when I became a senior and started to calm down a little bit, I somehow saw an episode of Sunny with a Chance and was like, oh, no, I think I like this show, even though it was for kids. So I, I liked it. <laughs> I know now it's because I thought Demi was cute, but for some reason, I thought I liked the show. Oh, no. Rip is what I'm trying to
0: say r.i.p. r.i.p me she then went on to open for the jonas brothers for their uh jonas brothers burning up tour and got signed to uh let's see hollywood records in 2008 and released her own album which was a pretty big hit it debuted at number two on the billboard 200 demi's like experience with the Disney Channel is kind of steeped in trauma. and so I'm gonna give I'm sure there's a gonna be a trigger warning at the top of the episode, but here's a trigger warning for, you know what happened to her. Yeah, as a young teen, she was sexually assaulted as a young teen. Um and as one of those Disney kids who was wearing a purity ring, and that was that era of Disney Channel with the Jonas Jonas Brothers. Saying, you know, we're going to wait until marriage, we're going to be so Christian. Um, She couldn't come out and say it because she she actually, like, detailed it in her documentary Dancing with the Devil about how she, like, didn't want that to be her first experience because
1: she was wearing a purity ring and the person she was with didn't stop. And we know from what she was talking about was that it seemed to have been another Disney star because she said it was someone she was working mm-hmm. with, someone who was around all the time that she had to keep seeing, and he like wasn't pulled out of the movie he was in. So we have to assume it was a Disney mm-hmm. star. She said she even told somebody
0: higher up, and she was surprised when he didn't get pulled off the movie.
1: Are we surprised? Um, but um, that, No, that whole, I'm not. That whole purity ring thing, I, I feel like it was the Jonas Brothers that were the main focus of that and I remember Joe Jonas years ago put out this really long essay about what it was like growing up as these Disney kids so this would have been the same era as Demi and he didn't even really understand what the purity ring was they just told him like you and your brothers are going to start wearing these purity rings and he was like yeah sure I guess (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. like didn't have an opinion on it either way and did not stick with the idea of a purity ring for very long
0: and for demi like she was raised christian so she like to an extent at least believed in you know the concept of a purity ring and like waiting until marriage but after what happened to her she i don't want to say succumbed because i don't feel like these things are won or lost but the experience itself triggered an eating disorder and self-harm tendencies. Um, so she turned to alcoholism and drug abuse, and this was her first real exposure with um, addiction, which would become a lifelong struggle. Um she would use coke and xanax regularly to cope with the pressures associated with being a child star and to cope with her strained relationship with her father who was also an addict and to cope with her sexual assault and then her backup dancer when she was 18 years old tattled on her to a higher up for her drug abuse and she punched her in the face on a plane and then went to her seat and like fell asleep And so she was sent to a mental health professional who diagnosed her with bipolar disorder. Incorrectly diagnosed her. Yeah. mm -hmm. And she pretty quickly became the poster child and an advocate for bipolar disorder. She now thinks that she was misdiagnosed, which I think is true. I think she just had a lot of unresolved issues in her teens that manifested in behavior that Does seem kind of on the bipolar spectrum of things, but I think she was too young to be really diagnosed with something so serious.
1: I don't know. I think you can get diagnosed pretty young. I just think that it was a... She said they didn't seek a second opinion was the problem. Yeah. They just went yeah. with it and it could certainly look like her issues were manifesting as bipolar disorder, but it was but she was also on a ton of drugs. Like didn't she go to like mm-hmm. rehab before she was even 18? Yes, I believe so. There's this infamous clip in the documentary where she's getting interviewed by somebody on a red carpet and he's asking her, she's 16 and he asks her, "How could you be writing about all this? You're just 16." And she was like I know that uh, I'm only 16, but I've actually been through Mm -hmm. a lot. I watched um, she was on Drew Barrymore's talk show, which Drew Barrymore is a similar case of childhood stardom leading to addiction and trauma, that sort of thing. So they're talking about that. And how how patronizing it was for him to just assume, like, oh, little girl, how could you have all this heartbreak and not know that he was probably Ugh. triggering the shit out of her? Oh, yeah. And, like, watching that interview and seeing that smile of hers,
0: like, she smiles before she says, oh, you know, I've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like a trauma smile, like a fawning trauma smile. And it broke my heart
1: because this girl's a child. She's going through an eating, dis- eating disorder. She's going through addiction she's i don't think her dad had died at that point but she's having this strained relationship with her father she's been sexually assaulted like there's a ton going on there patronizing
0: this girl who's been traumatized yeah
1: it is good that we're starting to talk about all this because especially with the trios of Brittany, jessica christina and then miley Selena and Demi were putting out these mm-hmm. picture-perfect girls. There was this idea that Britney Spears was a virgin for forever, but she'd actually lost her virginity when she was, like, 14. Mm-hmm. And it's taking until just now for us to even admit that we were shitty to Britney Spears and that yeah. these weren't just regular 16-year-olds we were watching up there. They are going through horribly adult experiences. And it's it's bad, and we should probably stop doing this to teenagers, and we should let... Britney out of her conservatorship. Thank you. So I personally
0: I, I personally think that one of the main reasons we're able to talk about these things that are happening to young teen girls in the industry as they're growing up as child stars is because of Demi Lovato. She's one of the very first people who have been so open and honest about the things that she's experienced. And yeah, for sure, um, these Women like Britney Spears talking about the things that they went through as children. But they're speaking at, about them as, like, fully grown adults. Demi's been talking about this stuff since she was, like, 22. Mm-hmm. She's was, like, publicly sober from the time she was 18 to the time she was, like, 24, I think. It was six years. So she was sober for six years. And actually, the reason she got sober the first time was because she was... I mean, obviously, she had a lot of pressure from her management team and all of that. But she, the thing that she says really got her was she was given an ultimatum by her family that she had to get clean and stay clean or they wouldn't let her have a relationship with her little sister Madison anymore. Mm-hmm. So she entered treatment and kind of became, again, another poster child for sobriety and like not using any substances at all forever which i think is a noble cause (laughs) for you to try to uh endeavor toward when you're 18 years old but i don't think it's sustainable and the fallout from that uh i think proves me right because demi didn't stay sober unfortunately
1: Trigger warnings abound on this episode, because I triggered the shit out of yeah, myself, like reading all this Demi oh, Lovato yeah. stuff. The worst one was about her overdose, which is kind of coming up. No, the worst for me was um, reading about her eating stuff, which is, uh, whew, yeah. which frozen yogurt topic. <laughs> we can talk about that if you'd like. I think it's what the people want to hear. You know, I'm
0: going to just push it down the line a little Great. bit. Okay, fine. Let's talk about her relapse first. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> So, unfortunately, uh, Demi relapsed in 2017, only months after her six-year anniversary from sobriety. This, like, all-or-nothing approach wasn't working for her anymore, which totally makes sense. Given my experience in therapy, like, black-and-white thinking, all-or-nothing thinking, is
1: not sustainable. So, yeah. So, she said she's... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, it's, like, so interesting about that because today she... Uses like California sobriety is what she calls it, where it's uh, weed and moderate drinking. And in the Dancing mm-hmm. with the Devil documentary, there's a the quote from Elton John saying, "Moderation doesn't work. That's that's poppycock, you know." And I and I don't know how I feel about that because I want to listen to people and think that everyone's different and what works for them is different. But then what if in a year she overdoses again? And it's so. It's weird. I mean, she made it past the 27 Club. But like, yeah, which I'm about to do as well. Some props for that because she almost didn't. 30 days for me. Yeah. And I'll make it past the 27 Club. You still have time. I still have time to die. Yeah, we haven't talked too much about our own personal traumas on this podcast. But like a lot of ours are very similar to Demi's, which was why this was like a hard research topic. Um, Yeah. But I do. I, I definitely do lean towards this idea of like you can't go black and white on this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and there has to be kind of room to fall because the pressure of like what's going to happen if I fuck up again is too much and it's like inevitable because and I think it's kind of like visualizing you know yeah if you're just visualizing so much of like how bad it's going to be if I relapse it's going to happen
0: I think applying that much pressure to yourself like a I am never going to touch any alcohol again I feel like if that's the right answer for you, then it's the right answer for you, right? Um, I have a very close family member for whom that is the right answer. Mm-hmm. And literally no judgment. But for a lot of people, I don't know that black and white thinking can be sustained. Like, for instance, for Demi, her relapse started with just, you know, a couple glasses of red wine and it mm-hmm. spiraled into, you know, crack cocaine and heroin. Mm-hmm. From her previous addiction to Xanax and Coke, when you apply that much pressure to yourself, the relapses hit a lot harder. Because once you're in that shame spiral, you might as well go deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, you're already spiraling down, you might as well go harder. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that kind of trigger can be devastating. And it was for Demi
1: Lovato. Should we get real? Let's get real. I'm doing a, a mental check of, like, who do I know in my personal life who might listen to this episode? <laughs> like, I know, me safe. too. think we're safe. So uh, one of my struggles my whole life since I was a little kid has been self-harm, which uh, also manifests with Demi. Um, and the way I've gotten control of it versus how I didn't have control of it when I was, like, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 was when it was the worst. It was kind of my college years was the worst. And also high school but um because when i was like 19 years old i had a moment that i, I woke up horribly hungover and um i had like trigger warning sorry self-harm i uh, i had slashed the shit out of my arm so bad that it was stuck to my pillow because of all the blood <sighs> and gore and stuff and i had to like I'm just so hung over, so embarrassed by everything I was doing. I need to go puke. But first, I've got to unstick my arm from the pillow. And I was like, this is horrible. And uh, So I had this big coming to God moment. Not God, I was an atheist. But I had this you know, big moment of like, I'm going to change my life. And I got a tattoo. And I did all these things to better myself. And I'm like, never again, never again. So then a couple years later, when I relapsed, I went to the hospital for trying to break my hands. So it like the falling off was so much worse where Mm -hmm. when i started going to therapy and my therapist put it like if you if you do it again that's okay we just work from there it's not about how long it's been it's not about collecting chips and Mm -hmm. and for that reason i don't relapse nearly as often i can't even remember the last time i self-harmed it was definitely over a year ago and uh and it's never to the same extent so I, I totally yeah. understand what she's saying of the black and white, because it I'm, when I made such a big deal about like two years without hurting myself, then once you fuck up, it's like, well, I already fucked up. So who cares? Might as well fuck up more because I'm already a fuck up. Yeah. yeah. And I <laughs> and yeah. And so I, it's been a long time since a bad incident after going to therapy and being taught that like this is just something you have to deal with and if it happens it happens and we just go from there and once the pressure's off Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to not do it
0: and for Demi Lovato it's become um she has new management now yeah and uh her new manager is like look I'm not going to drop you if you relapse but I need you to be honest with me and having that level of accountability even like no pressure just be honest yeah I think that's the best thing anybody
1: could have done for her and you can definitely see the work of her therapy in the way she was talking when she said that Um, the second she starts feeling anything she tells people Mm -hmm. so that she she, like reaches out just like sends a couple of texts
0: like hey my depression's acting up and it takes away the power which I was
1: yeah I was like wow I'm very impressed with that (laughs) Like, that's that's high level therapy right there of being able to just tell anyone when you're feeling down that, like, hey, this is happening is hard, it's hard, and I'm so glad for her that she's gotten to that point because
0: she got really low for a second, and so big old, big trigger warning on overdose. Let's dive into it, because in 2018, Demi Lovato's assistant, Jordan Jackson, found her unresponsive, naked, and surrounded by vomit in her bed from an overdose on oxycodone le- laced with fentanyl. Uh, at the hospital, she suffered three strokes, one heart attack, and brain damage. And the doctors said that if Jordan Jackson had found her only 15 minutes later than she did, she probably wouldn't be here anymore. Another... Trigger warning, because uh, Demi Lovato remembers being sexually assaulted by her drug dealer. During uh, that. During The the high. Yeah. And they asked her in the hospital, like, do you remember having consensual sex? And she blurted out, yes, because she remembered one flash of sex. Right. But she was clearly in no state to consent. Which took her months to come to.
1: Which is sometimes yeah, how it a works. a full
0: month before she, like, came to terms with, oh, I couldn't have consented if I wanted to. I don't know if I want to mention this. Maybe I will. And if it's too much, you'd cut it out. That
1: she called that him she back? That she
0: called him back, got more drugs from him, and then- Yeah, I actually
1: want to talk about that. Decided for herself, no, I'm going to fuck you. Which is, yeah. And that's going to be how I take the power back. So that got me thinking, because we did an episode last year- of Sherlock and um mm-hmm. god trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning <laughs> um huge no one episode. listened to this episode basically uh, for everyone everybody uh, that we brought up uh, an incident with some fan fiction that was non-con which is Mm non-consensual fan fiction. And I was just like, ooh, like eked out beyond control and was like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to say it's good. I don't want to say it's bad. I just want to move on. I just want to say it exists. And like you wanted to explain it to me that like some people use this to overcome their traumas. And I was just like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You know, I was like freaked out by it. Uh, And so now that it's been a year and I've thought about it some more, it is kind of interesting that the something I had not thought about is things like that that are certainly not politically correct but are what people need to do Mm. to come to terms with their own trauma and it's not for other people to judge and i'm not even
0: saying that it's right or wrong and even she says in her documentary that like it didn't make me feel better i just re-traumatized myself but it was something that i felt like i needed to do in that moment and it was something that i thought would help me feel empowered and it didn't but it's important that I learned that because you know what
1: other reckless behavior could I have engaged in if I hadn't learned that for myself and i I feel like um before I would have been very quick to judge that behavior but right. uh it's not our place to judge mhm that sort of
0: thing, and she um she's sober now mostly she's California sober as you mentioned, mm-hmm. using cannabis and drinking in moderation because in therapy she's come to a place where she's seeking balance in her life but shortly after her overdose she did continue using but it wasn't until she realized that heroin wasn't strong enough anymore to give her the high that she wanted that she realized oh the only thing that's going to give me the high that i want will kill me It was fentanyl mm-hmm. and it
1: was because and sh- she- that's when she was like you know what i need to go back to treatment yeah well and because it's It's not even consensual because she didn't know that she was being given something laced with fentanyl and then was now incapable of getting the same high from heroin anymore because she'd tried it. Mm -hmm. And now she takes opioid blockers. Yeah. Not because she
0: thinks that she's going to like suddenly see an opioid and down it, you know, but just in case for her peace of mind that if she did decide to take some sort of opiate, she knows that it wouldn't give her the, the feeling
1: that she wants from it. Isn't science amazing? Science really is amazing. Yeah, and speaking of science, do you know lizards smell with their tongues? Just like snakes. A lizard sticks out its tongue to catch scent particles in the air and then pulls back its tongue and places those particles on the roof of its mouth where there are special sensory cells. The, the lizard can use these scent clues to find food. Or mate, Or to, t- to detect enemies. Do you think you would be an enemy to a lizard? No, I would not be an enemy to a lizard. I am a friend to all lizards. However- Science is amazing.
0: Do you have a motive with this lizard talk? Or
1: is it just who you are? I don't understand the question. What are you doing now? <laughs> I'm doing a podcast with you. Season two. Clear Pressure lizards? Podcast. Season two. <laughs> Episode seven, Demi Lovato. I sure love you. <laughs> I am ready to move on from talking about trauma. If that's all right with You
0: know, that's valid great- as hell. Um And I'm ready to start talking that was about
1: Frozen Yogurt. Specifically, Catherine. the frozen yogurt, Demi Lovato, put on blast on the internet. Listen. Um okay. i
0: am open to talking about yogurt
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but this is a queer podcast so why don't we um talk about demi lovato's queerness before we talk about her yogurt controversy
1: well why are we talking about demi lovato is this phrase i've said 40 times so far (laughs) does she identify as pansexual now because in the documentary she kept saying that she knows what she identifies as, but she wasn't willing to come forward about it. But then I've seen other interviews that people have said, are you pansexual? And she was like, yeah.
0: So um, she's been largely staying away from labels specifically. But when Joe Rogan asked her, she was like, I'm basically fluid, you know? And he was like, does that mean pansexual? And she was like, yeah, sure. Pansexual. Okay. That's
1: close enough. Because fluid can mean a few things. Fluid could mean that she feels like a lesbian right now, though she hasn't identified that way in the past. That could also be what that means. She
0: has said that she cannot see herself marrying a
1: man. Yeah. So here's here's the T on that. Pandemic. Remember that? I do remember that. That was pretty bad. It was pretty not good. She moved back in with her family, as many millennials did, and... She decided to bring this guy that she had just started dating. What's his name? Max?
0: Max Eric, I
1: think. Matt. It's Eric. Eric. <laughs> Matt. Let's call him Matt. And she, they had just started dating, but she said she couldn't imagine quarantining without him. So he moved in with her family and they had this whirlwind romance. They got engaged over the summer. After like six months of dating. After six months of dating, also during quarantine, which isn't the best time to make a huge commitment because um, <laughs> I'm not saying don't commit. Like We both got into quarantine relationships, but... For sure these Not during, like, the hard, hard quarantine where you actually weren't leaving the house. That's not a great time to decide you're going to marry somebody because yeah, <laughs> it's just a different time. And then before, between getting engaged and the actual nuptials, a lot of tea started to come out about Max Blomharf or whatever his name. Matt? <laughs> Eric! Matt Blowhard whatever his name is this goddamn white man who decides to fuck with my queen Demi Lovato it appears that he was a clout chaser all along he was an actor and he had an album about to come out and she was very supportive of it it looked like she wanted to help him with his career but a bunch of uh tweets came out that he's had an obsessive fascination with Selena Gomez oh yikes for years like saying he's gonna marry her showing up on her live streams there's like there's receipts out the vagina of him just saying marry me in her live streams and stuff and uh and not just selena apparently a wide range of celebrities but specifically selena and demi came forward saying it's fake so he probably convinced her it was fake but it wasn't. It was true. And he was apparently a part of a bunch of Twitter groups when um, Twitter groups where you there's a bunch of verified Twitter people in this message and you would send your pictures to each other and everyone would interact with them because when verified accounts no. interact, it would fool the algorithm. And he would send like pictures of him and Demi. Like, it's weird. It's really weird. And he like did that with like their engagement pictures. He Instagram lived her one time when she was sleeping. Oh, God. Just for a second, but it wasn't out that they were dating yet. And it was just for a second. And he said that, like, sorry, it was an accident. But it's like, how do you accidentally go live on Instagram? Anyways, they broke up. And he was probably a cloud chaser. She deserves way better than that. What she has come forward with since then is that her breakup has made her realize that where she is right now is in a place where she wants to explore the more queer side of her attraction. And she said a comment that is divisive to some, which I will also talk about. She said that she cannot see herself marrying a cis man right now. She's too queer for that, which um, some people have pointed out that's a bit transphobic to say cis because trans men should also be counted in there if she's saying that she only wants to date women. I don't know. Which I see, but I don't think she meant it maliciously. And most people agree she didn't mean it.
0: All- I also don't think she's saying she would only date women. I think she's, like, saying that she only wants to date queer people. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but... Yes, trans men are men,
1: but they are queer men. Well, but um, all the comments I was seeing on Reddit is, like, trans men don't want to be seen as, like... If you're dating them, that means you're in a queer relationship. Like, that should just be the same as being with a cis guy because you're a guy. So it shouldn't differentiate there. It shouldn't be I, like... I hear that. And yeah. I think that's valid. Um, what I think she's...
0: I, I don't know. I Before all this research, I barely knew who Demi Lovato was. And now I'm defending her in a queer space. So who knows? But I think what she's saying is that, like cis masculinity is super toxic and she doesn't want to be around it
1: yeah yeah i don't think she's trying to say that dating someone who's transgender automatically puts you in a queer relationship i saw a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the comments complaining that they hate how a heterosexual woman will date a transgender man and say, like, look, I'm queer now because that doesn't make you queer. No. Transgender men should be thought of as men, not separate from men. It's like the super straight thing. But I think she meant it more as like she she wants to be in a more LGBT space. Yes. And and transgender people are part of LGBTQIA. So I think that's more what she meant. She just kind of said the wrong thing. And I and I understand where everyone's coming from. And we do need to think about what we say more.
0: She's said this in multiple interviews that she's just kind of a... The word she used is she's a um, confrontational person. She likes to just Mm -hmm. get it out. Um, That's what I noticed. And she's bound to make mistakes
1: when she just gets out what she's feeling in the moment, you know? Yeah, I, I believe that. I think she just says what she's thinking. I hope that she saw the criticism and went, you're right. I think she actually did. I think she... I might be confabulating. Similarly, the same vein many years ago, Halsey, who is also, she's a bisexual. Does she use she, 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 her product? Let me
0: check. I th- Last I heard, I thought she used she, they, which a lot okay. of um, people are using recently, especially since the pandemic began.
1: I'll use they just to be safe. Halsey came forward years ago talking about their bisexuality. This would be like 2017, I feel like. Started talking about bisexual uh, fetishization and Mm. was mentioning songs that talk about like experimenting on the queer side of things as something kind of like a dark little fun secret, a la I kissed a girl. But they, liked it. they mentioned a quote from several songs, but one of them being Cool for the Summer, which is a bisexual anthem by Demi Lovato mm-hmm. from about 2015. There's the line in it, don't tell your mother. And they mentioned that <laughs> in it and saying how unfair it is to see straight women singing about this and fetishizing it and i just wanted to come to demi lovato's side on this because demi lovato's response was not the best she said wow i must have you know i must have made a really good song if we're still arguing about the lyrics years later and everyone like Mm. got on her case of like that's not the point demi you need to stop talking over this bisexual voice and you need to listen to her and do better and stuff and it's i don't know how much better demi could have responded when she was in the closet right because the premise of that being that she was a straight woman fetishizing bisexual bisexuality and she obviously didn't want to come forward and say well I also identify as queer so I was not fetishizing I was writing about something that I feel and I have experienced and so I don't know how much better she could have responded to that because you say weird stuff when you're closeted
0: that's one million percent
1: true But that's just another example of she kind of says shit without thinking. Just like the yogurt. Oh, my God. We're back to the yogurt. Do you really want to talk about the yogurt? No. Well, I will, but I will stay in the queer sphere for a bit. For just a wee-to-be. When uh, Cool for the Summer came out, should I read the lyrics and we can discuss? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so here's the uh lyrics. The smallest lizards on earth are the Jaragua sphero or dwarf gecko. And the Virgin Islands dwarf sphero or Virgin Islands dwarf gecko. They are 1.6 centimeters. 6- oh sorry. Wrong tab. <laughs> Wrong. Alright. Um, that was really funny from me. <laughs> it was pretty funny for me too uh the the chorus is got my mind on your body and your body on my mind got a taste for the cherry i just need to take a bite don't tell your mother kiss one another die for each other we're cool for the summer so specifically the uh got a taste for the cherry made people realize that this is a song the words used at the time was about experimenting and uh, she publicly was asked about if it was about lesbianism, the song, and she said she was not confirming but was certainly not denying and elaborated, saying she only sings about personal experiences and that she thinks there's nothing wrong with experimenting, which could be taken as you know, some straight girl just uh, singing about kissing a girl one time and liking it. Fun little secret. But um, what's... A- What's his name? Was it Alan Carr that was doing this interview? It was one of those British talk show hosts, but he made the joke, he's gay. And he was like, well, the problem is I experimented and it stuck. And Demi said, <laughs> I didn't say it didn't stick with me either. <laughs> it's been kind of an open secret.
0: Yeah, she hasn't been particularly shy about it. When people no. ask, she's willing to like let it slip a little bit. Uh-huh. She just didn't full on confirm it for a little while.
1: Yeah, there was a... I don't know what year this was. I think it was 2018. There was a, she had a concert where Kalani, who's another artist, suddenly appeared on stage with her. And the prop that Demi was using at the time was a bed. And Kalani showed up and surprised her and they kissed. And then Demi straddled her for a bit. And it's really cool. And we all really like it. Thumbs up, thumbs up. We love it. But I listened to an interview she was talking about and somebody was comparing it to something that had recently happened where Madonna had done the same thing to Drake and kissed him without his consent. And then his face is not good afterwards. Mm. And um, Demi pointed out, well, I don't think he liked that. And I really liked mine. So she's she's been trying to shout it from the rooftops, basically. Without fully saying it.
0: I think this is a little bit scary for her because, or has been, scary for her because she grew up in a christian household with heteronormative values and it's really really hard to break out of those as you and i have both discovered um you grew up as a christian and i grew Mm -hmm. up like vaguely christian but with a lesbian mom and even for me coming to terms with the fact that i liked girls was harder than you would expect having come from a woman who also likes girls yeah
1: it'll do a number on you
0: yeah internalized heteronormativity will get you it'll get you in the long run
1: (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not but uh she talked about um when she came out to her mom it's because she was going out on a date with a girl and she was afraid it would end up in the headlines somewhere and she didn't want her mom to find out that way so she like called her and came out to her and it was, sorry, I was about to burp there. That was why my voice got strained. Gross. But I held it back for you, the audience.
0: I think that's honestly pretty sweet. Um, Obviously, this is not a very relatable way to have to come out to your mm-hmm. parents. But I think that her close relationship with her family has always been one of the strongest anchors she has to this world. And I think it's a very, very sweet end sentimental of her to be like no if my mom's going to find out it should be from me and therefore calling her right before a date in order to make sure that you know if the paparazzi follow her on this date it's her who gets to
1: tell her mom and then the big queer thing demi did recently was she cut her hair
0: she got the lesbian
1: shop yeah that everyone does which if you if you're listening and you haven't you don't need to i just it's funny how many to, but lesbians when coming to terms with their sexuality have to do the chop do it, and it's do it, such a do it do it do it milestone
0: it's so much fun like it grows
1: right back i don't agree a couple years, i don't but agree but that it was so much I fun and it grew it. right back i told you I not to it. do it
0: i still loved it and i'm going to cut it off again I
1: no, because for a second you told me I was right. You were right in terms of the undercut. Cause it grows yeah. in uneven. I'm not saying short hair. I'm saying the cut, the sh- the shave. Oh, the shaved head. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. like, I understand if it's something you have to do <laughs> to come to terms with your sexuality or if it's something you want to keep forever. But, like, everyone does the shave at some point, And I cannot argue against it enough because it was so hard to grow back out. It is very hard to grow back out.
0: You have to get several haircuts in between. And if your hair doesn't grow fast like ours does... <sighs>
1: but it looks it looks really weird for a while because it's like sticking straight out of the side of your head and i mean and i went to another queer haircut i went to like short hair after it but it was it so i'm not saying like it took so long to get it to grow back out to a feminine length i'm saying just like to do any other haircut besides this shaved cut which you have to get you have to shave it constantly to keep it that short and it's a lot of upkeep and I wanted something with less upkeep. And it took so long to not have this just weird bald spot on the side of my head. But go ahead. Do what you got to do. But that's what she's doing right now. Do she has the shaved. Well, actually, it's it's like in a pixie now. But for a while, it was shaved on the sides and long on the top.
0: Luckily, with quarantine, she's been able to, like, not have to show off her awkward in-between space. <laughs> yeah.
1: She said that it was such a big deal for her because the hair for two reasons. It like represented the feminine ideal that the Disney Channel wanted for her and that her and and just going forward as a pop star that she had to be this like sexy pop star girl and just chopping it all off similarly to Miley Cyrus was this way to say mm-hmm. fuck you to that. And it was also the safety blanket because it hid her body and mm-hmm. um she had to just throw herself forward and be like, well so she's she's a proponent of body acceptance rather than body positivity. But so it was a, mm-hmm. um, a huge part of her body acceptance to just cut it all off and not have anything to hide behind anymore. But she seems happier in interviews. She seems really happy.
0: And I love that for her because she f- she fucking deserves
1: it. After all
0: she's been through, fuck. Everybody deserves to be happy, but goddamn, Demi-, Demi Lovato's
1: been through the shit. I don't know. Some would say that what she has said to this yogurt store.
0: God. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about okay. yogurt.
1: No no, no, okay. it's okay, but this is the last thing, Catherine. <laughs> Great. What was very annoying in doing our research is that, like last week, Demi Lovato got in a fight with a frozen yogurt store, And so <laughs> anytime you're trying to, sh- like Google anything about her, first thing is this fight about this frozen yogurt store. And I have probably the most controversial opinion in the world that I kind of am on Demi's side. I Me put too. off wa- <gasps> I know I kind of I put off watching like what it was all about until like right before we went because I knew. I'm like, this is going to color my opinion of her because I'm going to agree with that she's being stupid. And I was like, I kind of understand where she's coming from. I don't think she Mm -hmm. said it in the right way, but here's the tip. But like, that's a pattern with her. She doesn't usually
0: say things in the right way, but her heart's always in the right place.
1: So what happened was she went to a frozen yogurt store in Los Angeles. And I think also people who were being rude to her are not putting themselves in the brain of like what it's like to be in los angeles that just like fit beautiful instagram culture there <sighs> no kidding um sample so she goes, size everything she has a very bad she's an eating disorder and she is trying to be accepting of her body and eat food that she wants to eat and she went to a frozen yogurt store and which if you are in the throes of an eating disorder is very difficult to get yourself to eat something that might not necessarily be good for you but who cares you know um Mm -hmm. but it's it's a huge step to be able to do that and she goes to the yogurt store and they had a ton of kind of like not necessarily health food, but she had to pass a bunch of branding for like sugar-free cookies that were called guilt-free cookies mm-hmm. and that you could eat them without feeling bad about it. Apparently, it was a lot of this kind of diet culture sweets. And so then by the time she got to the counter, she was too triggered to get any <laughs> any frozen yogurt. And um, she went off on the internet about it. And I don't know that she should have dragged the specific st- door as much as she did but also especially every- because
0: it was a small business Demi Lovato's platform is so big that it could put this particular small business out of business
1: and that's scary for a small business but but apparently it's been booming since she <laughs> um right yeah they've had well, like here's the thing lines it's around like- the the block
0: When you put things in your frozen yogurt shop as guilt-free, you're assigning morality to food, which, as a person with an eating disorder, is extremely triggering. I do not blame her one bit for having a reaction to that. She also, like, she said that she didn't like the label sugar-free as well, which... Well, I'm a little bit more on the fence about yeah. because there are certain people who are, like, sensitive to
1: sugar, for instance, diabetics. My dad has type 2 diabetes. He, mm-hmm. We appreciate when we go places that have sugar-free options. But but
0: then again, there are places that say, you know, celiac-friendly. Why can't we say diabetic-friendly? But then again, for people with diabetes, seeing the word diabetic on a specific food might be triggering to them. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is a case of Demi Lovato being triggered in real time and responding in real time in a triggered state. Yeah. Um, I don't think that she used quite the right words, but I think again, her heart was in the right place. We shouldn't be assigning morality to food. And actually for me, that's become something extremely triggering for me. Like, when people say, Oh, I've been bad by yeah. having a cookie. I'm like, stop saying that because you haven't been bad. You've been, you know, uh, responding to your cravings, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And if you're craving something like that, there might be a deeper
1: reason than just, I want sugar. I think if this had if she had done this perfectly, if she had like taken a moment to think and breathe before she said anything, she would have Still, like, it was worth going on a rant, but maybe not naming the ice cream place, the frozen yogurt place. And also, her apology
0: video about it, she, like, made it clear that she was more than willing to join with this small business and, like, help them with their marketing. So that they wouldn't be putting things, like, guilt-free like yes, I'm again. I'm still on the fence about the sugar-free thing because mm-hmm. it is really good for diabetics to be able to have options in places like frozen yogurt uh, shops. But I think again, the like guilt-free or like being bad about something like that. It, it, we cannot be applying diet culture to our food all the time. It's it's toxic and it's. Extremely triggering to people, and we need to be more mindful about the way we market our food.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what she was trying to get at, but she just hyper focused on this one specific place, and people got defensive because we get defensive about small business owners in this country. Um, sure. But overall, the business has. Done really oh, well. Their like Instagram following has like doubled. I just don't think it's worth everyone who's commenting about it on the internet is like canceling Demi and saying she's a brat that can't keep her mouth shut. I didn't see anybody who is coming to her defense at all about it. And I was like, I understand that this could have been bad. It wasn't. There, the yeah. frozen yogurt shop is doing much much better than mm-hmm. it was because of this publicity. And what she's getting at is very true, in mm-hmm. it's diet culture. In this country, and how pervasive it is, and and mostly what I'm saying is, people were coming at her of being like, you can't just apply how you're feeling to other people. You can't drag this this frozen yogurt place because some people do want guilt-free cookies and stuff. And I was like, but <laughs> I personally have those feelings too that Demi has when I go somewhere. A and lot of us can do. get triggered. Yeah, it was it was very um, skinny centric to just assume skinny girl margaritas like i
0: hate that marketing because it's just sugar free just say sugar free i'm okay with
1: that yeah and uh but like the all of the discourse around it is coming from like that the normal person doesn't get triggered by stuff like this and i and i think it's because people don't talk about it very often but i really appreciated actually demi saying how triggering that is because that does happen to a lot of us of like going somewhere and getting so freaked out about something that you can't eat and you can't enjoy things that other people would because some of us have slower metabolisms and different genetics and it's a lot harder for us you know Mm -hmm. and um and it's just not something people talk about very much so I think overall I really appreciated her bringing that up and I don't appreciate people saying that like you're only speaking for yourself in your own little tantrum And I just think people are too afraid to bring that up yeah it's hard
0: because the
1: backlash is so
0: scary like the backlash that she's gotten has been really vitriolic Mm -hmm. and you know for the layperson like you or me like if we made that kind of comment on you know twitter or something we'd get all of those trolls saying you're just a brat you're just entitled you're Mm -hmm. whatever yeah she's using her massive platform to bring awareness to the triggers involved in
1: eating disorders and i think that that's great and and she didn't do it in the right way, but I honestly do think it's like fat phobia runs so mm. deep still, and um, people are jumping on it because they are still innately fat phobic, mm-hmm. um, and do want to fight back against this idea of like being anti diet culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yet another thing to conquer in this world. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't think people realize how fat phobic we still are because of like body positivity and shrill and stuff. But it is one of those being co-op body positivity being co-opted by skinny women anyway. Yeah. And because it is just one thing that does, you know, at least you're not fat for most people. Mm -hmm. And so that's why people get so heated about weight when it just doesn't matter. It's a personal thing. And it, there's so many factors involved
0: beyond just sugar intake. Do we have any final words about Demi Lovato?
1: Um, I think she's hot. She
0: is hot. And you know what? Like, I know she's not going to listen to the podcast. However, mm-hmm. I would like to welcome her to the community. I don't feel like anybody's really officially said that. Welcomed her because she hasn't done the official coming out thing. Yeah. But, you know i'm I'm glad she's one of us, and I'm mm-hmm. glad she's like searching for her truth. And I'm yeah. glad that she's recovering in all of the ways she needs to. And I hope she
1: stays on the the good path, the good, good path, the good, good path. Let's get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. You have been... a sip of wine? Yeah, you can have a sip of wine. I've been drinking a beer all day. in Ooh, fact, yeah. in fact, Social interaction varies between lizards, with many species defending set territories. Some live in large colonies, while others lead a solitary existence. That's so interesting. You've been listening to Queer Pressure Podcast and our critical explorations of queer media as a continued practice of self-love with Katherine Johnson. And Maddie Gray. Hey you, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing, following,
0: or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. It really does help a small, self-funded podcast like us to get exposure like that, and for us to know what kind of things you want us to improve on. You can also follow us on social media. We post memes, new episode announcements, and polls. All the time. If you wanna follow us, search at Queer Pressure PC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Once again, that's Queer Pressure PC for podcast. Not for pop castle it's not for Popcastle whatsoever Nope. nope we're so glad you decided to join us this week and we hope you see hope to see you on the
1: next one goodbye and as always fuck the police